Ladies and gentlemen of, uh, where are you posting this? Wait, what? Why are you? I'm the one interviewing you. Why are you doing this? <laughs> no, no, no. I intro it and I ask myself questions. You're here just to moderate my time. <laughs> no, what? <laughs> Welcome to Deviant Creators, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Scotty Moore, joined by the... the this is a mistake. This is a mistake, Blake. <laughs> you wanted to do this, so well, we're, we're gonna have to do it. I wanted to have all of the good, good cast members in. I wanted to bring you in. Uh, I wanted to bring in Stephanie, and so Stephanie's is gonna be easier on me. Because here's the thing: I, everyone else, I don't talk to on a regular basis on a show where we do dumb shit, and then I have to pretend to be serious with them. Yes, you got 90% of your voice talent right here. Yeah. So I think I think we're going to be good in making an episode. It has been so long since I since we have recorded for Deviant though that I have forgotten everything. Well, you do of course remember your good good purple alien you get to voice. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, original character, please do not steal Val- Valcor. Should we discuss uh, <laughs> X-Men Valcor origins real quick so people <laughs> understand why there's a weird German alien who hangs out with the crew? You know, I, I feel like we could just keep the mystery intact. You know, it's fine. I, it, no, hold on. This mystery has, like, a thin sheet of ice above it before you can break through and figure it out. It is not hard to figure out the mystery of Valcor. No, that is true. Our six regular listeners will probably know who Valcor is because you fuck up their names a lot on <laughs> Yeah, if you uh, watch, here's the problem, Deviant has a lot more viewers than all the other shit we do, but if you like wrestling, and you watch JXT Professional Wrestling, you will know Blake and I created a professional wrestler that's a big fucking dragon named Valcor, and he got that voice. No, his name is Falcor, Valcor is the Deviant character, you did it again. Because, well, my favorite is the fact that his entrance gear has a big V on it, even though his name is Falcor with an F, just because I fucked up. But his face looks like Augustus Gloop. <laughs> and from that, that's where the voice came from. Yeah. You know, one day he just came to me, uh, he inhabited me, as it was to speak. And uh, then Falcor came as just a strange, vaguely German dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but here's the bizarre thing, and I, I'm fairly sure you know this. When Deviant was being written, written, written and produced, mm-hmm. you definitely were not gonna be in it. I mean, you know that, right? I mean, I was, I guess that. Well, it was because, it, it's not because I don't like you, it is because a full-on- It's because I, you hate me. No, it's because I make this boy do so much work, I don't want to put more work on this boy's plate, oopsie poopsies, and then I had a lot of voice actors back out and I said, alright, fuck it, Blake, you're coming in. Uh, I do do a lot of work for you. I it's fulfilling. At least with Deviant, it's it feels it feels like we're doing so much more with Deviant. I, and I am curious because, like, we both come from a theater background where we both will have notepads full of character thoughts and character ideas. And I know when it comes to our other programming, we don't usually have one of those. Or like, no, it's Falcor. He's a big purple dragon, but like. 
with either of your characters, Valcor or, and I constantly remember, Justin, this is the first time I remembered his name. Uh, with Val, like, did you have, because I know I gave you notes, but outside of that, was there any, like, origins to the, like, feels you brought to them? I'm going to be completely honest. Whenever I do voice Valcor, it is just me imagining that purpley pink <laughs> dragon man and what, like, what would that winged adventurer do? Mm-hmm. Well, he was really brought in as the comic. Re- literally, as I was making the group, I realized I was very inspired by Guardians of the Galaxy. And I was like, okay, well, we've got our Star Lord, we've got our Gamora. And then I thought about it, and then we got Frank, who's basically Rocket Raccoon. I mean, at that point, he is. So I was like, oh, shit, we need a, we need a big, goofy guy. We need a Groot of the affair. I, I much prefer being the Batista of the affair. <laughs> Dave Batista. Yeah, he is. I guess he is kind of the Batista. Well, not really, because he's so nice. He's so nice. He just likes to blow things up. Yeah, he's like a nice version of Drax, the Destroyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, he does destroy. He does destroy quite a bit. I don't know. I, I, you've listened to completed episodes, right? Yes. Are you are a big fan of the as well as I am of the fact that Falcor's theme basically became Kenny Omega's pro wrestling theme at some point. Anytime he had to go do a cool thing, it's just like Kenny Omega's coming. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. The angel boy is gonna save us. Yeah, but yeah, the I most think, anime theme that we probably would have. Yeah, I think I I kind of want to delve into Justin more, just because like he as a character was so interesting to write. Because in the beginning, I was like, I kind of want to give Dane a friend in the WSM, just like a fun little pal. And then as it went on, and I wrote more episodes, the more I thought about like, well, what if it was Justin who caught them? What if it was Justin who ended up saving the world at the end? Like, there was a huge evolution to him in my head. Oh, for me, um, once I started reading him, I just felt like I could really insert how I feel about if I was in this situation, what I would be doing, because this is the character that I would be. So, good job on that. Oh, no, he Um, was fully a Blake insert character in the beginning. And that was before I realized, well, oh, I'm going to keep bringing him back and then I'm going to murder him. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it was uh, it was pretty interesting because I remember I think Justin is the character that I changed a lot of almost all of my dialogue up on the fly for the most part, as long as like it stayed within the the script parameters. But like a lot of his um, his own isms are. Uh, his lines i i would always like switch up a little bit here or there valcor it's much harder to do on um because he just he has a very specific way of speaking in sentence structure that you've written and if i were to even try to deviate from that in deviant while deviating from the deviant i feel like it wouldn't be as effective justin i can just kind of relax and do my own thing. Yeah. Did I tell you he was gonna die, or did I just give you the script and just be like, "You just by the way, here you oh, go." No, no. Yeah, you told me he was gonna die, and um, I I think there were at least like four or five iterations of what was going to happen to Justin. Yeah. At the end of this season. 
Well, I just I I love this concept of him being the it, it's the it's the fucking Neville Longbottom thing. It's this whole time you're you're like, oh, Dane's gonna be the one to save the galaxy, and then at the very last minute, it's like, oh fuck, wait, it's Justin. Oh wait, it's Justin. Because they really do, they are kind of parallels to each other in a certain way. I think. Right, because the hero, like the your real hero that sacrifices themselves at the end of the movie to save the uh, the galaxy or whatever, they do die, and shit does keep going on. So yeah, you know it's um it's interesting to see more of Dane's story now, especially because they're fucking the, their best friend is. Dead. Let me put it like. People are like, why is Deviant taking so long for season two? And it's because, like, yes, there's still going to be the goofs and fun, fun, good times to be had. But also, I do have to deal with Dane having PTSD, and that's just going to be a real banger for me to write. It's going to be real rough for me to have to parse those emotions. Oh, I've got a question for you, actually. With season two, are you going to make me sing again? <laughs> I I wrote, I've written the first episode, and I I actually am upset I did not continue the theme of singing. Like, there will be more singing eventually, but I, I, I loved it in season one. Like, I especially love the bookend of Dane alone in the beginning singing a shitty version of Living on the Prayer because he's desperate and sad and drunk and then at the end it's he's come together he has built this family he has found at least a modicum of happiness and we actually perform a decent version of living on a prayer (laughs) (laughs) but i i believe uh, what you're mostly referencing is my favorite moment of the season and what many people have told me is their favorite moment of the season which is when I looked at you and said, hey, bud, can you sing Dolly Parton's 9 to 5, a song that I believe you told me you had never heard before. I've heard 9 to 5. I just don't know it. Like, it's like, you know how when you do karaoke, you have to really know the song. Because if you go in knowing like a song that you're kind of familiar with and you try to do karaoke, you're going to fucking bomb. Yeah. All the time. It has to be one of your most comfortable songs. 9 to 5 was not that for me, so I had to just pop that bad boy on and pull up a fucking karaoke version and sing along with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I that's one of my favorite moments in the whole series because it really is, like, the darkest moment and then me going, like, but there is still a sliver of hope, and that hope comes from 9 to 5. And what sucks for you is I knew Valcor had to be the first person to join in. Because he is the comedy character in season 1, so I'm like, he has to be the one who starts singing along! He would! Yeah, I was fucking 9 to 5, which is what I went to space to not do, but, you know, it's kind of like that, Seve. Yeah. So, uh, thank you, Valcor, for being in the studio with us today. It's very... It's very good to have you. Actually, I am curious about something because I have let you know something that, like, it's weird for me to write sexuality because I'm like, I don't know how to do it. Luckily, I've had a few ace friends who I've talked to and been like, I'm actually going to focus on this season too. What? How? How? What do I do? But, like, I I know I er very early on was like, hey, just so you know, Falcor 
or Valcor is non-binary a- asexual. He is him. Like that's all you can say about him. Did that affect like your your portrayal of him? Uh, we keep saying him. I guess he is a he they, but yeah. I, it, I um no. Did you did you forget because I'm bad at writing sexuality in? I I didn't forget because it does. I, I mean, it, it it was never explicitly stated in the first season. Although Valcor does get a lot. Like Valcor has this one or one or two moments. I remember one monologue specifically where he, he talks about just um, being different in a way, like leaving his family because yeah. um, and and that is going to be explored in season two. But yeah, I know exactly what right. you're talking about. Um, and uh, because. It, it it struck me as the same way like if you've ever heard the concept of like you can choose your family yeah and you can choose to leave your family if your family doesn't choose to accept you and that was that was the only time that i really hit that on valcor because i think that uh, the feeling itself of knowing that you can have a chosen family is uh, pretty broad, but in terms of Valcor's personal situation, he's always talking about something specific that will be explored more. Yeah. Um, as, uh, as you've told me a lot of your ideas. Um, but uh, in, in most of Valcor's day-to-day life, I think that Valcor just wants to be the best Valcor Valcor can be. Yeah, and that's kind of, when I came into writing them, I was very much just like, I didn't want to hammer the nail over the head because I think like all of that. The only one who has like an explicitly stated sexuality would be Cassidy. And like that's that's the only blatant one because you meet her wife, you meet her kid, you meet that whole. But outside of that, everybody else, I was like, let's just leave it up to imagination. But like, yeah, because it's hard to it's hard to explain your sexuality sometimes when you're in the middle of a climactic space battle. Yeah, no, that wouldn't that be great? Dane, Dane's just beating the shit out of Asmodeus and then just takes a pause and is like, by the way, bisexual. And then just, like, turns away as it explodes in the background. <laughs> but yeah, like, I... I this The first season had a lot of little teases like that. Falcors was my... Val, I'm gonna keep calling him Falcor. Uh, Valcors was my favorite because... It comes out of left field in the best way because he is, like I said, primarily there for comic relief. And it is a nervously comedic moment when the comic relief takes a pause and is like, look here, motherfuckers. I have seen deaths and destruction and all kinds of pain. And it's like, what the fuck you have? Yeah, you know what? The world fucking sucks. Yeah. And everything can fucking suck. But you know what? We can make the best I'm of it. I'm a dragon. <laughs> Fuck it. Oh, guess what? By the way, I am a dragon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can blow things up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, uh, lately I've become friends with like a lot of people in the queer audio drama space and they are all my favorite people and they are all fantastic and it made me think because they would always be like very and the adventure zone did this as well very much like each character sexuality what their gender identity is and it made me look at deviant and be like 
I ain't done that yet. Uh-oh, that's probably something we need to think about. Uh, it, it is true um, that, that that's a... Um it's a very good thing to think about, especially like nowadays when we can express ourselves and people can express themselves like exactly how they feel. Um, and having characters uh, of a wide variety on a crew gives you a lot of insight into different experiences that you might not have yeah. You know, in your regular life or that you might not even know because there could be people around you that aren't as comfortable expressing themselves. And it's good to have a space or have a, a program or something in any type of popular media or media in general that uh, it gives them somebody that they can uh, relate to on a deeper level. Yeah, I mean, like, th- I, the thing I realized very quickly is, like, firstly, I've kind of nailed down who I think Dane is, or at least who very much inspires Dane, and it's me before realizing I was non-binary, before realizing, like, all this shit I got bubbling up inside of me, and that's a shitty person. Like, I remember uh, we had a, a, a friend who... Uh, I, I, we both pseudo dated kind of, and uh, she was to, for lack of a better term, a terrible person. And then later came out as a lesbian. And one of our friends was talking to us, and they were like, "Were they like a dick to you the whole time while while they were quote unquote passing as straight?" Yeah, and they're a lesbian now? Yeah. Yeah, that tracks. That makes perfect sense. And I'm not saying this happens with everybody, but it's like when you hold that in a lot of negativity comes from within you. Like when you're trying to hide all of that shit, you kind of revert into, at least in my case, reverted into like this toxic masculine asshole. And so like, that's kind of who Dane is. He's got a lot of shit bubbling underneath that he just does not want to deal with. Right. Because it's, um, trying to in like a very simple term, just fit a, your, square peg into a round hole because it's not exactly who you are but society or pressure or something is telling you that you need to fit in here and you don't and it's going to be cramped and it's going to hurt and you're going to get mad yeah and i think that's honestly like another reason why he wasn't able to make the big sacrifice at the end he wasn't able to be the one to be the hero is because like he 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 doesn't know who he is. He does not know where he's at. Meanwhile, Justin is a person who knew exactly who they were, who was very comfortable in their sexuality and everything going around them. And that's why they were like, I know who I am and I know what I have to do. Meanwhile, Dane is floating in this obnoxious sea of what the fuck's going on with me? Right. D- Dane, of course, uh, Probably like one of the most con- the most conflicted character uh, so far because he got so much going on. Whereas Justin was already starting the series as knowing who he was, knowing what he stood for, and knowing like where he was mentally. Like that allowed him to be the person to say, "Okay, now we can like now you can go on and be okay later." But I've got to die first. Yes. Did you mean to hold up a D20 as you said the phrase, I need to die first because you're an asshole? (laughs) Uh, So moving on, like, 
the I, I really enjoyed Justin slowly realizing the WSM, which basically I've created as a toxic masculinity factory. I, I really loved the moment where he realized, like, oh, they may not all be as as good as we think. Like, that's kind of the one thing I'm trying to build up is this big tease of. And of course, it, it comes to a head at the end of season 10 when it's like, we know there's somebody working here, someone being very who's fucking our shit up. But like. I, I really loved Justin having to deal with this thing of, like... Because initially, he was basically Captain America. He was, this is... I work for this government, and that's why I do this. And then slowly having to discover being a hero. And, uh, like Captain America, when he saw that things were not great, like when he scratched beneath the surface, um... He just did what Captain do and said, "Fuck it." Um, <laughs> you show him what the shield do, baby. Yeah, I gotta show him what the shield do. I, I also really liked um, the idea of the WSM being. Um, I mean, it, it it does show like you see a lot of similar stories coming out of military, um, like people people who were in the military, where it did feel like the actual structure because it is. In some ways, and depending on where you are, what branch you're in, um, and what you're doing, terribly corrupt and just like a terrible place to be for some people. So it's it goes to show that like anybody with a a higher like moral standing would take a stand against um, seeing something like what the WSM was doing and would obviously like go against that grain. Yeah, and I think that's. Um, that's what uh, Dane is doing at the beginning, although for different reasons, I feel like. But in the end, we all knew that that was the right choice. Yeah. Like, with me, I'm trying... The WSM is probably the most complex character, and it's an institution. Because, yes, we do know there's a lot of corrupt shit. I mean, like, Cassidy is the ultimate reflection of that corruption and what it's led her to having to go lead on a planet that eventually gets blown the fuck up uh it's it, it leads to negativity like that but then also you do have people like quite possibly my favorite character to voice good old buzz Al buzz aldrin who is a head in a jar um where you're he is basically the prototypical positive masculine uh role model so you do still have some people in there representing the ideals of what the institution was supposed to be but then there's just so much corruption around them they don't know what to do with it right and um I, it's it's so great that you actually have him being an actual character instead of just like a picture on a wall yeah um because uh, I think about that where a good um, opposite would be, think of someone like George Washington, who is praised as a very, like, uh, positive figure in, like, American history and everything. Mm -hmm. But he's not here to speak for himself anymore, and he's not able to. Whereas old Buzz can say and do whatever, like... He can actually interact with the world that he's a part of now and how it's changed possibly from when he was active. Yeah. Um, and, and we get it, to see his responses to it. And it also does kind of show the differences between Buzz's mindset towards what it means to help versus the Armstrong familial way, because 
Buzz eventually at one point you have to think was getting old and just said like all right, just put my fucking head in a jar and let me keep leading from the top. And they did it. Meanwhile, Neil was like, I'm going to go until they kill me. And then he did. Then his son did. Then his grandson did. And now who knows what old fucking Dane's going to, what's going to happen to Dane. But it just shows like a different, it shows a different side of leadership. It doesn't all have to be big, big gun shooty. Sometimes it does need to be working from what all he has left which is his mouth and brain right um buzz seems to be more of a um a grand strategist whereas the armstrongs are more battlefield tacticians they have very different strengths and they work in very different places um now i do want to ask because i asked jv this as well and everybody else who's coming on what questions do you have for me because i know you've been there since the beginning so like plot issues buck wild shit that may have happened or just shit i did to you that you just want to vent about uh no uh i think um it's interesting because we probably had and I also love this because we, like, as people, never have more heated discussions than when we talk about acting and performing. Yeah. Because we have very different styles of how we go about, like, our own performance style. And sometimes it didn't really conflict that much in Deviant. Um, not as much as it has in the past. Yeah. Um, but, um... It, it was uh, it was nice to be able to bring my own ideas to uh, Justin specifically, since he's kind of just what I do on a normal basis, except he's much more proactive. I'm lazy as shit. Like you could have like Justin, if it if I gave Justin to anybody else, he would have been the worst character. But like since I had somebody who, oh, this is just me and was able to drop into it very easily i think that helped a fucking lot to have like someone who i knew would understand the character right and uh seeing him originally i think he was just kind of um that boilerplate just mm, typical main character material um where he's got very solid morals and he doesn't normally deviate from them yeah but when I got a hold of him, I felt that I started to wiggle him a little more, make him a little more flexible. Yeah, well, and, I mean, that's uh, that's who he was in the beginning. In the beginning, I wanted him to serve as the foil to Dane, who is the prototypical worst possible person you could have in the WSM. I was like, okay, we got to give him the best possible person and their friends. That way it kind of, it, it, it evens out, basically. Okay, Bucky. Um <laughs> Wait, which one does that make? Oh, yeah, I guess I am Bucky. Fuck you. I got a big metal arm now. <laughs> and I'm dead. Yeah. I, earlier when you were like, I did what Captain America would do, which is travel back in time and live my life with my lover for 80 years before dying. Uh-huh. And you know what? Some Someone can headcanon that, that happening to Justin. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, no, there's... No, he's I'm, dead. I'm, okay, I'm not gonna say. Uh, this is a little tease for season two. Justin is dead. 
that, that wouldn't that be a shitty tease if I just dropped it there? I'm like, here's your here's your fucking spoiler for season two. Motherfucker's dead. There you go, bitch. Deal with it. Uh, no, he he uh, he is dead, but he will come back in some capacity, and I'm very interested to see you play that capacity. I don't think I've even told you about this. Oh yes, you have. We've spoken about it ad nauseum, actually. Okay, well, I'm I'm very interested to see what you bring to this this version of 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 season two justin he's honestly probably one of my favorite characters to write in season two and depending on how um he develops in season two i would really there are some concepts that i would like to talk to you about exploring okay um actually hold on no no no. if you can do this without spoiling how justin comes back i would like to know what you think the future for justin as a ghost or whatever, and what f- the future of Valkor is. So where do those two g- like go from here? Well, let me start off with Valkor, because I think that Valkor... Valkor is going to really get to explore themselves, and they are going to finally find a place where they're comfortable with saying what they want, yeah. coming clean, like giving their whole history out, and also blow shit up. Yeah, see, that's that's my thing. Yeah, season two, we're definitely going to get into the emotions of Valkor. And I don't know why I do this, but in every single thing I write, the sequel, which is, I guess this would be technically a sequel, the sequel always has me explore the dark history of a comic relief character. Because I think, um, I, of course, wrote the Quizzle Court books, which are available nowhere because they're garbage and I took them off all platforms. Uh, but I wrote those, and in the first book, there was a comic relief character, and his the big joke around him was he drinks a lot. So that was his big whole goof, was that he drinks a lot. Book two, motherfucker became a hero. <laughs> He was a constant serious force in that group. Yes. And I think that uh I think that Valkor can become something like that but also be just keep keeping his normal like attitude. Like Valkor doesn't have to change much. We just get to know more about Valkor. Yeah, we don't he does not have to once he realizes that he can come out to his friend groups as non-binary A's. He don't have to just start yelling at folks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um meanwhile, uh Justin, however it happens, is um uh no i can't do it i don't think i could say it without like spoiling anything oh other than no the fact of <laughs> existential dread oh <laughs> that's that's what you can look forward to um actually uh i did have something i wanted to ask uh concerning valgor and um that was when you first okay okay when you first had the idea for this character that was the munitions expert. What what was the moment where you realized oh this has to Val oh this has to be Valcor. I think it's because I love the characters so much in the wrestling that I said I need more of this character scripted. I need to introduce the world to this character scripted. Um but no, he, like his introduction was full on like I said I need a goofy 
Jar Jar Binks somewhat character. Like, I, my goal with him was like, what if Jar Jar Binks was actually good and adorable and you kind of wanted a, a plushie of him? Like, that's, that's fully what I went through. And then I don't even, it took me a while until I figured out that I wanted him to be a, a an explosions expert. It took me a while because I was like, he's got to be there for some fucking reason. Oh, it'd be funny if he blew shit up because he's so nice and he's so gentle that i'm like he's gotta be very violent he's gotta be very destructive <laughs> you know i do this to let out all of the aggression that wells up inside me sometimes but you know what explosions very good at that very good at releasing all that tension like a big fiery burst and sometimes sometimes i get so fly as a ship <laughs> No, he can't fly. Uh, anyways, <laughs> what do, I think my favorite thing about him is that he has become the group's bag of holding, essentially, of just like, Falcor, do you have C4? Of course I have C4. I've got this prize over here. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's, oh man, if you could write in a scene where it is just like, you you finally get to see what Valcor's corner of the ship looks like. <laughs> yeah. He sleeps on barrels of dynamite. Mm-hmm. No, I you do know, love that. It's nice to be close to what I love. I do love how this series really took every like villainous accent and made them the nicest person on the planet. Because first, you've got Valcor, who's just you, you know the German accent usually is for an evil person, but I'm very nice. Fuck you. Oh, absolutely. I am not a Nazi. Look at that. <laughs> Fuck. And then, of course, Captain Alexiev, who like. I was like, obviously the Russians have to be there, because, like, that would be the ultimate- that'd be another foil for Dane, is one of the people that his grandfather fought against, but now they have to work together. And he is just the nicest human being on the planet. He's very ki- he was very inspired by, um, did you ever see Barry, the HBO series? I've heard about it, but I've never seen it. I'm trying to think of, like, what other shit this guy's been in. He was, um, he played Victor Zaz on Gotham, and he's- quite possibly the funniest individual on the planet and on barry he plays like an eastern mobster but he's the nicest mobster of all time he's called noho hank and he's just like barry can i get you anything are you having a good day and then like the mobster would hang up and he's like Okay, I thought we were going to chill a little bit and have some fun talks, but that's fine. <laughs> I just love that character of, like, the nice Russian. It's just so fun. I know, especially with that, um... Just with that accent. I, I feel like it could be so endearing to have a moment like that. Like, it took a while for me to figure out... Because initially, I was not going to play Alexiev, much like I wasn't going to play a majority of the fucking characters in this show. <laughs> but uh, then last minute, I was like, okay, fuck it. That'll be Alexiev. How do I make this not sound like I'm very dead inside? <laughs> you know, all you have to do is just add a little bit of oomph and cold Put the oomph on it. Put that oomph in it, baby. Put oomph in it. Uh, and it's always fun to flex uh, the accent muscles. Yes, there's so and I had to fucking flex, buddy. I had to flex quite a bit this season. Yep. You gonna how many you gonna introduce a lot of new characters in season two? I am, but they are not going to be voiced by me. Now that I actually have voice actor friends, they're not. Um there's we are gonna go 
hopefully to Valcor's home planet, unless I write this out. I have not gotten to it yet, but I do think about going to Valcor's home planet would be very fun. Um, I know we're going to introduce a new character who's quite possibly my favorite one I've had written. I don't want to give out this casting yet, but they are fantastic who I've got cast for it. And it is the, let me look up the exact, the name of the man, the name of the man in question here. Hold on. The the name of the man. Okay, yeah, it's the great granddaughter of Michael Collins, who is the th- was the third guy on the Apollo Eleven, and Dane has no fucking clue who Michael Collins is. Like the whole time they're looking at him, like, um, you know, Michael Collins, like one of your great granddad's best friends. Never heard of him. No clue who this guy is. Uh, no yeah but they that that's gonna be phenomenal um i've got a few like mini villains i'm writing in because i do know i want to go back to the planet from the very beginning of deviant i know it like that's gonna be the first part of dane paying penance for everything he's done is the fact that he has to go back to that planet where he fucked up that mission and caused that building to explode so like that that's gonna be early on season two and i'm very excited for that but as far as like characters i don't have anybody like specific because like like i've said only have written like two episodes so oops yeah uh, well get on it mr martin <laughs> come on man oh fuck any uh any final words where you would like the series as a whole to go like is there somewhere in season two i didn't discuss going that you'd like to go the only place that i would like to go right now scotty is into space Actually, and I, this this is probably not going to come up in season two but i have thought about how wonderful of an episode it would be for dane to finally go back to earth because basically dane has lived on the wsm base his entire life like like he said he was raised by Alyssa and his dad who were all up in space meaning that his idea of what earth is like is like the fucking 80s and i would love to see that motherfucker show up nowadays i'd love to see him show up now and be like what the fuck this is weird this is weird what's an internet (laughs) oh he shows up playing like the stroke by billy squire real loud think he's gonna be the coolest guy and everyone's just upset at him (laughs) oh <laughs> uh, well blake where can people find you on the internet perhaps some other uh other audio dramas that you may be doing <laughs> no all that you can find me on really regularly is uh here on the bs podcast network um where i will eventually be returning in deviant whenever it happens um you can also find uh the two of us on a load of bs and us and uh, our third man, the Dylan, on our wrestling podcast, Fight Boys. We also do do another radio drama type show, although it is uh, not. It's not at all what you think of when you think of radio drama. No, because it is a wrestling show, an internet wrestling show that is almost entirely done through a podcast and um, a monthly pay-per-view using a WWE wrestling game. That is called JWF Monday Night Ignition. Yes. It used to be Monday Night War for the longest time, and then we remembered the Monday Night Wars were a real thing, and we had to change it very quickly. Exactly. So find me on all of those things. 
download me into your ear holes if you do so choose, and I will be there for you. Yes, this was shockingly much more serious than I thought it would be. And I was like, okay, this is how we're going to be doing this, I guess. <laughs> All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, as always, find us on Twitter at WSMDeviant or find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo if you got any questions for the podcast, for Deviant Creators. Want to know what's coming up in season two? Questions about what happened in season one? Make sure to send them to me on Twitter. Mostly just do my my private, not private, my personal account because barely ever check the Deviant account. So do that there. And as always, stay deviant.